Uh, those of you who have your Bible, please turn with me to Acts chapter 10. We're going to be reading from Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 16. When you have it, please say amen. Wow. Getting a little crazy back there, man. You got to slow down. You're going to get a speeding ticket. <clears throat> All right, and it reads, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on a housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they were made ready, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. You can have them come in. You guys can come in. Lord God, we are so grateful, Lord, that we have been blessed with the opportunity to receive of your word today. Father, we need your help so that we can know what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. And so, God, we are asking for the Holy Spirit to come. Lord, as we talk about the issue of diversity and prejudice in the kingdom, Father, there's an area, Lord, that we need to deal with but we need your help so that you can bring light, bring wisdom, and please bring understanding. We love you, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Turn the mic down a little bit. I'm getting a little bit of feedback. <clears throat> for those who are visiting with us, uh, this is the second installment in our series, uh, Healthy Church. Uh, last week, we talked about the 
fact that a healthy church is concerned about evangelism. Amen? We're concerned about reaching the loss. And today, I want to talk about a very sensitive subject. In fact, I spent probably all of yesterday in the Word and praying because I believe that it is something that potentially hinder our ability as a people to bring in the harvest that God has for us. Amen? And so we want to talk about this issue of diversity. And I want to start with somewhat of a, a brief testimony of my own. Uh, I got saved back way back in the very, very early 1990s, around 1991. I gave my life to Christ. And I was always one of those who was very, very uh, studious concerning the things of God and concerning reading of his word. I was not one given to much, uh, you know, entertainment. Uh, I was not given to just wanting that extra thing to do because I was bored on Sunday kind of thing. But I really read the word of God and I took it literally. I believed it and I embraced it fully. And one of the things that disturbed me, and I couldn't quite understand at that time what was happening, and I was still growing and learning, that you read in the Bible where it talks about how the church is to be one. And Jesus died that we may be one. It talks about this love uh, that Jesus said that, that, that we, when, he, when he, he preached to his disciples, he, he preached to the people, he talked about a kind of love that transcends cultural differences ethnic differences. And so one of the things that bothered me was, how many of you have ever heard the, the, the statement that Sunday morning is the most, is the most uh, segregated time uh, in, 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 in American life? All of us have heard that, and, and, and it disturbed me greatly because I felt like that, wow, what a wonderful thing it would be if the church of Jesus Christ came together, we worship together, we love together, we hang out together, yet being different ethically, economically, and socially. And when I didn't quite see that in the body the way that I had read it in the scripture, I just, it just, it bothered me. Because God made us diverse, Amen. God made all of us out of one blood. He created all the nations. And the Bible says that the church, the church is his glory. We are his representative in the earth. Jesus said that men will know that you are my disciples when we have love one toward another. And the kind of love that goes beyond our petty differences. I mean, no, we're, we're different in many ways, not just ethnically. We're different in our music style. We're different in our personality. We are different in our temperament. And all of those things are great. Just make sure we're not, our temperament and our personalities is, is, is not in sin. Because some people say, well, you know, they, they're rude, they're angry, they're nasty, and they say, that's just the way I am. No, you need to change that. That's sin. That's not the way you are. That's not the way God wants you to be. All right? And so as we, as we talk about this issue, um, I grew up, Kind of like I'm a young guy, but old guy. I don't know what, you know. I grew up in the, in the 60s and the 70s. 
And, uh, and I remember the traditions, uh, the segregated traditions, even in my community. You know, and, I, and I want to preface it with this. I am talking about church people, okay? And, and in my community, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up in an environment where that, that on Sunday, the, the white folks will worship over here, the black folks will worship over here, and, and we didn't mingle that much at all, matter of fact. And I grew up in those traditions, and it's hard for me to imagine, even in our country, that, that there were people at that particular moment, in, in that time, back in the back even before then, that would use the Bible to promote hate. I even know people still twist the scriptures today. And if you're African American, you have become, you, you easily, we can become bitter, and I, and I know what I'm talking about because I'm African Americans, become bitter and you become super sensitive and, and, and you harbor a kind of unforgiveness. But how many know that when you come into the kingdom, all that stuff got to go? I mean, God comes to shatter your traditions. God comes to shatter all of those strongholds because we're supposed to be different, right? Different means that we're not like the world, that the world should be able to look at the church. The Bible says that we are a peculiar people, a holy people, that we might show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so understanding that we're supposed to be different, it's okay to be unique. We are supposed, the kingdom of God is made up of people of every community, of every ethnic group. And I have a passion, and, and, and me and my wife, when we, we started this, this church, I, I just, I, God just wired me that way. I, I just love diversity, and I believe that the church should reflect the kingdom. The church should reflect what the kingdom of God really is. Not just this kind of superficial thing whereby when we have, when we have like a, a seminar or we have an event, everybody come and they hang out together who are of different races. I mean, that's, that's one thing, but I'm talking about can I hang out at your house? I'm talking to you black and white Christians and Japanese, Asian, whatever you are. Can we hang out at each other? Because that's the acid test. Jesus, this gospel, amen, is powerful. This gospel is life-changing. And I believe that we're coming into a season where, where, you know, the Bible said the judgment must first begin at the house of God. You know, God can't fix them until he can kind of deal with us. And think about how wonderful and how powerful of a message it sends to the world. When yet we are so diverse, but we have genuine love for each other. That, that we don't just talk about it. That when people look at the church, they say, how? What? Those people, they're not even from the same thing. I mean, some are rich, some are poor. They're black, they're white, they're yellow. They're, everything is different. And yet they really do love each other. They really do love God. And so as a pastor, I have a passion about this because I think it's biblical. And I'm going to preach the Bible whether it makes you uncomfortable or not. Can we do that? Amen. And so I have, a, I have a passion for this. And, and so when Peg and I started, we realized it's not my job is to try to create a church that is diverse. I can't create anything. But my job is as a pastor 
is to create an environment whereby everybody can feel like they are welcome in the house of God. And when we do that, let me put it, let me put it to you another way. You see, many people, Christians, everybody say Christians. Christians. You know, when, when Christians choose churches, you know how we choose churches generally? Did they got the right praise music I like? I want to have a good choir. Oh, you got to have some good preaching, good teaching. You got to have a good kids ministry. Oh, you got to have a good children's ministry. Oh, you got to have a good fantasy. You got to, yeah. And we pick, we pick churches based on that. And, and it's always been kind of strange to me because I hear people say, for example, that, that all of us are one body, all of us are one people. And, and, and yet, but when God kind of leads us to church, he always, he leads us separately. I'm like, I don't get that. Help me with that. I don't quite, I don't quite get that. I, you know, I, you know, so, so, you know, you, you should choose church based on calling. Where has God called me? Because I guarantee you, if people really went where God called them, boy, it'd be plenty diverse. And some people will get upset. I had one sister that, you know, Lori, I hope you don't mind. I did. I want to talk to you about this. We was talking and we shared this thing. And, and you know, and Lori, and Lori, God's just been doing some amazing things in her life. Amen. Give God a praise for what he's doing in her life. I mean, she has been on fire for God. I mean, just on fire. And, and uh, you know, she's been coming here and she haven't missed a Sunday except one. She got saved and got baptized here in this church, I don't know, three, four months ago. And, uh, and she lives... And she lives way in Culpeper, all right? So she drives up here to have church on Sundays and be with the people of God. And, and I had suggested, I had suggested, I take me, Pastor Gary, had suggested that she may want to consider a place that may be maybe closer to her because I was concerned about her growth because I wanted to grow. I want I understand the power of fellowship and and being connected with other believers. Let me tell you something. You're not growing unless you're connected. You got to get connected. I don't care what people tell you. You got to be connected because that's the way God designed the body. And she told me, and so she went to this church, and, and I'm not going to use the verbiage that she used, but it, it was not a good experience. She went to a church in Culpeper. And she said something to me that stuck out to me. She said, you know, I realized that I was being selfish and that, that FCF is my church because this is where God told me to be. And I said, wow. Now, don't you know that if she had a problem with with race, that she might struggle to be here. Can we talk this morning? You, you see where we're going with this. This is something that we must understand, that, that, that God wants us to be diverse. God wants us to send a whole different message than what the world is sending. I mean, you know, our politicians love to slice and dice us and always put in this group, that group. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, let me tell you something. We are uniquely different. We are one, and we need to act like it, and we need to show it, and we need to live it. Amen? Amen. Are you in your Bibles? I think you're in Acts. I went all off the chain there, but that's okay. I'm, you know how I do things. I just flow by the Spirit. You're going to learn. You're going to be blessed, I promise you. So how many know that we must confront attitudes and behaviors that contradicts the gospel message? I want to ask you this morning, as I'm preaching, I want you to be honest with yourself. 
I want everybody here, I don't care if you're black, white, I don't care what you are, and ask yourself the question, is there any prejudice at all in me? You know, as a, you know, one of the things before I get into the, before I get into the scripture right here, but one of the things that God shows you, you know, God has a way of revealing things to you that that you thought you were in one place, and then God just kind of show you where you really are. How many of you ever had that experience? I remember one time I went into this church, and it was predominantly white. People was lovely; they were nice. They embraced my kids, and they did. And I walked in, and I said, uh, and I remember being in there, and I was like, you know, I was like, well, you know, they they're not really sincere, you know. Yeah, they can't be. And, and, and what I realized was that there was some stuff in me because they hadn't did anything to show me nothing but love. But something in me was like, hmm, no, not really. I can't be, you know, I got to get where there is some other folk that look like me. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be with other folk. I'm just saying that wherever God leads you, that you need to be open to the fact that he will lead you into places that you may not like. I'm preaching better than you're looking right now. <laughs> We're going to show you in the word this morning. Look at, let's look at Acts chapter number 10. We're going to read verse 34. Now, before we do, here's a man. Y'all know the apostle Peter was a man of God who had preached a sermon and 3,000 people got saved. Every preacher's dream, right? That you preach a sermon and 3,000 people get whooped. I mean, this guy was incredible. Impulsive, yet incredible. But God was working in Peter, too. Because in Jewish culture, they had some understanding, and they felt like, at least the young Christian church at this time, that Christianity was just meant to be for the, for, the, for the Jews, not them Gentiles. Now, for the purpose of this message, Gentiles is everybody that's not a Jew. So that means, you know, Asian, black, white, whatever, every ethnic group you can think of, that's a Gentile, okay? So now, so let's look at this thing. So Peter is a, a man named Cornelius. He was in a place called Caesarea. He was praying to God. The Bible said this man did not have real knowledge about Christ, but he knew about God. So this man was a giver. Everybody say giver. He gave and he prayed to God all the time. This man was a fervent prayer warrior. How many know the prayers of the righteous availeth much? So this man is praying, and then he has a visitation. An angel of God shows up. Angel of God shows up and said, look, here's what I want you to do. How many know God knows your number? He knows your address. He knows how to reach you. The angel of God says, I need you to send for a man named Peter who is in a city called Joppa. Everybody say Joppa. And so, and he will share some words with you. So he sends a delegation of folks to Joppa to go and get Peter. And so now while these men are en route, there is a, a, a Peter. He's praying on the rooftop, just seeking God, praying, believing God praying. And, and, and God shows them a vision. And there's a vision of like a sheet with all kind of different animals and things. And, 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 so, and so, and then there was a voice that said, rise Peter and eat. Now, if you know anything about Jewish customs, they had certain dietary laws. They just couldn't eat anything. All right? And so Peter said, 
no, Lord, I'm not going to eat anything that's unclean. And the voice came back to him and said, no, 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 no. What I have called clean, don't you call unclean. And that vision happened three times. Now, keep in mind that while that is happening, these guys coming from Cornelius' house, they're en route. And, 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 and so, and the Holy Spirit spoke to Peter and said, look, there's some men coming, and I want you to go with them. And he had to tell them that because they didn't look like him. They were Gentiles. And Gentiles, Jews didn't really have any real dealings like that with Gentiles. So these men come with the gate, and, uh, and Peter, they have an encounter and said, I discern that this is the Lord. The Lord wants me to, to get something. He wants me to go with you. I just saw this vision. So they all head back to Caesarea to hook up with Cornelius, this praying man. And let's pick it up in verse number 34. Are you there? Say amen in Acts chapter 10. I had to kind of give you that a little bit. So, so look at this. Look at verse number, what verse you said? 34. Then Peter opened his mouth. Now watch, I want you to read with me. And said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Everybody say partiality. God shows no partiality. Do you hear that? Now, he had to, God had to show him a vision of that. God had to bring that revelation to him. But in every nation, wherever, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted, what? By him, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee, after the baptism with John preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now, understand, this is a, a message that Peter is preaching to some people of another race, of another ethnic group, people he's not comfortable with, but he's in their house now preaching to them. Now, watch what happens. While Peter, look at verse number 44. Are you there? Say amen. amen. While Peter was still speaking these words, watch this, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Now, watch. This is amazing. And those of the circumcision, meaning that Peter had brought some other Jews that was with him, all right, other Jews, who believed they were astonished. like, oh, oh, the, the, the same Holy Spirit that fell on me, I mean, fell on these people, them, I mean, that, that, that boy, their wires was all crossed up. It's like, they were astonished. How, how can this be? Now, let's keep going. Y'all need to stay with me and follow me. Amen. Amen. We, we're going to go somewhere with this. So stay, please stay with me. Don't get sleepy. Don't yawn. Smile. Stand up, run, do whatever you need. Help me out here, please. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as, as came with Peter because of the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the who? Also. Now watch this. For they heard them speak with what? Where did you get speaking in tongues from? For they heard them speak with what? And do what? Magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Now, how many know that Peter had to have a change of heart? I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to change some hearts. 
God is going to break down some tradition. And how many know? And, and God knows how to get you. Some of y'all just, some of y'all, the only way you're going to change is I got to see a vision. God's going to have to really show me. You know, but you don't have to go through all that. You can just obey God. You can just obey what he says. And so, and so Peter listened to the Holy Spirit. Now, now, I want you to think for a moment. Because we talk about evangelism, right? And we talked about the fact that, that we want to reach people. But most people, when they preach the gospel, most Christians, they share with people that they're comfortable with. They share the gospel. You see, most of the time we think about sharing the gospel, growing the church, expanding the kingdom of God. Do you ever think that maybe I'll go to somebody who don't even almost speak the same language, the same ethnic group? I will just go there. I will go wherever God sends me, I will go. Peter would have missed an opportunity. Do you hear me? If Peter's attitude would have been, I ain't, I ain't sharing with them people. No, 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 no. Because in the Jewish mindset, for a Jew to hang around with Gentiles like that, I mean, they would, they would look at themselves like, that's unclean. I ain't going to hang, no, 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 no. No, not going to share that. No, not, no, no, unclean, can't do that. If Peter would have held on to that, think about the lies that would have been missed, the souls that would have been missed. But because Peter stepped out of his comfort zone, everybody say comfort zone. One of the first things you understand about God is when you come into the kingdom, he's always going to take you out of your comfort zones. If you, if you want to soar like an eagle, if you want to soar with God, you got to come to a place where you are dead, where you don't care, where you say, God, any way that you want to use me, God, use me. Anybody that you want me to talk to, God use me. I joked last week about going to D.C. and going to Baltimore, be more. And some of you, I can see the look on your face. I ain't going up in there, but if the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go to Baltimore City and the slums, you better go. But that's not who I'm comfortable. I'm not, I'm not go there. And if God tells you, listen, if you come from a hard knocks neighborhood and God tells you, you need to go talk to the rich and the powerful. Well, you know, they're not a mother. No, let me tell you something. God is looking for people that are available. God just wants, God is looking for somebody who will believe him enough to say, Lord, however you want to use me, God, I'm ready to go. And I'm going to let go of my prejudice. I know what my parents thought. Some of you got parents and you got, I mean, that stuff is deep. I know my grandparents. I, I grew up in it, and this is the way it was. Just Y'all think this is old. I mean, it was just not too long ago, even in Kentucky, that there was a, a, black, a, a white lady who married a black man, both Christians, love God, love Jesus, said they could not be members of the church because they were mixed up, interracial. Can't, and this was about a few months ago. Go look it up online. It, it was in Kentucky. There was a couple other incidents like that. We think today, man, that, that doesn't happen today. Let me tell you, it still happens. I mean, no, we got we to gotta get over this, people. We, we can't be a healthy church if we're not about people. Yeah, and I know as a, as a pastor, I've had, you know, I've had people that, and I know this, and I won't tell you why, I just know, there are people that, will, that, that like this church, that likes the preaching and the teaching, but they won't join here because I'm a black man. White Christians. Not because he's, you know, he's, oh, I'm, I'm touching some stuff today. Amen. And then vice versa is on the other side. 
How many know we got to get rid of all of that? Amen. Amen. See, the gospel reaches areas like that, too. Some of y'all say, well, I, I was thinking I was going to come to church. I didn't think I was going to get this. Well, this is church, right? We're in the Bible. I mean, we're reading, we're reading the word, right? See, God wanted to expand his understanding of what the kingdom of God really looks like. Peter, the kingdom is not just for you and, and your group and what you think it all look like. This thing is for everybody, and it needs to demonstrate that. Amen. It needs to look like it. We need to be people that stop talking about it and start walking it out. Right. Don't tell me you love me. Come talk to me. Come visit me. Come spend some time with me. Uh, hallelujah. Somebody say, ouch. So, so now watch. Now, now go over to Galatians. Now, Galatians chapter number two. Now, Peter had, you would think that Peter had this one experience, right? But Peter had another little issue. You know, how many know that <laughs> when God does a work in us, that it's a process? You know, and this brings me some level of comfort because Peter was a great man of God and he struggled with some things. Now you would think that Peter already had an experience he knew. He had been hanging out with the apostle. He knew the apostle Paul. They had affirmed the apostle Paul. The apostle Paul's ministry was primarily to the Gentiles. So Paul was preaching grace through faith. That not of yourselves is a gift of God. I mean, no, that's what we preach. That's what the scripture said. That's what preacher, uh, Paul preached. But then there were some Judaizers. See, Judaizers, they embraced Christ, the Christian ones. They embraced him, but they still said you, you had to you'd be saved by grace, but you also, you still got to keep the law. They still added the list. They still wanted to hold on to certain traditions. How I many know you got to be willing to let some things go in the kingdom? You got to let some things go. Now watch this. Look at uh, Galatians chapter 2, and we'll start reading in verse number 11. Are you there? Say amen. amen. So, now let me, let, me, let me preface it with this. So Peter decides that he's going to hang out with the Apostle Paul, who's have a, a very good relationship with all these Gentiles, and probably Paul had led them all to Christ. So Peter comes over, and Peter's with the Gentiles. Now you put whatever ethnic group you want to put on it, Gentiles, right? So Peter's hanging out with them. I mean, Peter's cool. He's like, yeah, they're, they're eating. They're not worshiping. I want to say this. They're not worshiping together. I said they're hanging out. <laughs> Y'all don't really want me to preach, do you? They were hanging out. They were just together eating, rejoicing, watching some football, eating some popcorn. Are you with me? All right. Their feet were propped up. They were just having a good, they were just hanging out together. And watch what happens. So, now, when Peter had come to Antioch, so now Peter and his posse, the same Peter, right, the same Peter that had that vision, so he knew, that's why he's hanging out with the Gentiles, he, he knew that it's okay. God had already spoke to him. How many know God changed not? So when you speak the first time, just do this, That's, you know, because it'll come back. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, Paul said, this is Paul talking, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Now, Paul, how are you going to talk to Peter? Do you not know that Peter is the apostle? He is the leader of the apostle. Do you not know that this is Peter preached and got a lot of people? Paul withstood him. Paul confronted him. 
Why would Paul confront him? What is Paul confronting Peter about? Watch. For before certain men came from James, watch this, he would eat with the Gentiles. Uh-oh. Everybody say, ouch. But when they came, he withdrew, watch this, and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. So in other words, here it goes. They're having a good time. All of a sudden, James comes with some of the boys, some of the Judaizers. And, 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 and you know, and now he don't want them to see that he's been hanging out with them people. So as soon as they come through the door, what does James do? I imagine, I'm sorry, not James, but, but Peter. He backed out and he separated himself. I, I, I imagine that they came in and they looked at him and said, Peter, what are you doing? Why are you laughing and joking, hanging out with them people? Kind of like the same thing that happened when Jesus was preaching to the woman of Samaria. That's a whole other sermon. You know, she was, they was a mixed breed. So they, did, did you, they didn't like them either. <laughs> And Jesus was out there just talking to her, just sharing the gospel, prophesying to her. And they came back and said, they were mate, what are you doing? It's kind of like they walked in and they said to him, they said, Peter, what are you doing? And Peter, no, no I'm, just, I'm just here of you. You know, what had happened was, you know, I'm just, you know, they called me here. I, I don't know what to tell you. He separated himself. Now watch. Let's keep reading. In verse 13. Now watch how, how many know that sin has a way of spreading like wildfire, right? And the rest of the Jews. Watch this. Now these are the ones that were there with the Gentiles who were having a good time. So the rest of them, watch this. They played the what? Uh-oh, hypocrite. Everybody say hypocrite. You don't want to be, look at your neighbor and say, you don't be a hypocrite. Just look at your neighbor and tell them, you don't want to be a hypocrite. It's okay. Y'all are scared to talk. Amen. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. Now, you know Barnabas, that's the same Barnabas, the word means encourager. That's the same Barnabas that, that basically took the Apostle Paul. He was out there ministering with the Apostle Paul, going to the jails, going in the streets, preaching the gospel. And all of a sudden, all of the, Peter walks in, well, Peter separates himself, and Barnabas and the rest of them, they said, well, I guess we need to kind of separate too because you know, they're unclean. I mean, them, them, I mean, so we don't want people to really see that I've been hanging out with them. You know, almost like saying that they were kind of like the second class Christians. How many know there are no second class in the kingdom? See, if you're in the kingdom, you're first class. Everybody first class. How many like flying? I like flying. You ever did first class? You get a taste of first class. You don't want to go back to anything else. You get a taste of Jesus, you don't want to go back to anything else. Amen. I've been there, done that. I'm delivered. I'm free. I can stand before you today and say I am free, got no prejudice. I am free as a bird. And I can deal with the best of them. 
I can sit down with the Trumps, the Donald Trumps of this world, and I can sit down with the killers of the Charlie Mansons of this world too, and I can preach the same gospel. Amen. Don't matter to me because I'm free. Because I know this word is powerful. I know this word will change you. Now watch this. He says in verse 14, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, Peter said, I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? In other words, Paul was saying, before, you were acting like the Gentiles. I mean, you were hanging out with us. You were fine. But all of a sudden, now you want us to go back. And you're starting to act like them again. Now, what were, we don't really know what his fear was. Because we know the Judaizers, what they were trying to do was, they were trying to basically teach that you still had to keep the law. They were teaching heresy. And Peter when he saw him, he just kind of backed up. So what was, his, what was his fear? I mean, Peter, you know the gospel. You, you spend time with Jesus. You, you know God showed you. You'd think that God showed him a vision. He got it. Just like you would think that when the Red Sea parted, that the people of God, they didn't, look, we can go through anything. We just saw the Red Sea part. We're good. I mean, shortly, shortly after the Red Sea, they just went crazy, didn't it? It's like they forgot everything that God had did. It's amazing how we forget the blessing of God. It's amazing how we forget. What was he fearful about? Let's, let's, we don't really know for sure, but here's what I think, and you can do with these whatever you like to do with them. But I think here are some possibilities. Perhaps he was fearful because he didn't want to be seen hanging out with people that weren't like him. Perhaps he was still working out his own convictions of this thing of being saved by grace through faith possible. Perhaps he did not want to lose the approval of man. And can I say to you that if you're hung up on wanting to get the approval of man, you can never truly be a servant of God. You can't. You got to, you know, um, that's, that's free. You got to come to a point where God is your only the only one that you aim to please, and it trumps everything else. Peter's actions, watch this, perhaps Peter still had that very, that stench of that old religion and that old pride in his heart. Whatever the question was, we know that Peter did not act in accordance with the gospel. And Paul called him on it when he did not respond according to the way that the gospel want us to respond. Let me ask you a question. Can we make it personal? Can we make it, can, I'm asking you a, a permission. What are you fearful of? What are you really fearful of? Are, are you afraid? Do you want the approval of men? If, you know, most of the time, the people that we're trying to win approval from anyway, they don't do nothing for you anyway. Really? You ever think about it? We spend so much time trying to put on this. Let me tell you something. People, do you waste your time trying to impress? and look, They ain't doing nothing for you anyway. You might as well serve God all the way. Amen. Are you fearful? 
Have God told you to go into some places and you say, no, not me. I ain't going to do that. And you know the Holy Spirit spoken to you. Are you, what, what are you fearful about? Are there any prejudice in you that when people come in who are diverse, everybody say diverse. diverse. There are people come in that, that are not like you in a lot of ways. How do you respond when they come? I grew up in one of the old traditional Baptist churches and, and the ladies used to sit on the front row. And it was, it was I used to call them the gossip club. Because they just, they, they, they'd sip their big hats on, their hats were always twisted this way. And they always had the fan going. And, and every time somebody would walk up, or, you know, and they always, you can tell, they used to look at people. And they old gossip club. And they just sit back and just, just, what do you call it? Dress people down, look at everything, look at them, look at them. Anybody who comes through those doors, and I mean it when I say this, they need to know that we welcome, love them no matter who you are, where you've been, and what you've done. If you want Jesus, if you need help, you can get it here. Amen. In the name of you, you can get it. I intend not to just talk Christianity. I intend to live it. And I don't care who you are or what you've done. If you murdered somebody and you want to come to Jesus, you can sit at my table. I said you can sit at my table. And you don't have to look like me. You don't, all you need is Jesus. Let's just finish with... Uh, um, look at this verse real quick. I got two verses I'm going to show you. We got five. Can we do five minutes? We're going to do this. Five pastoral minutes. Is that okay? All right, which is more like seven. Okay. Well, <laughs> come on, turn to James chapter two. I don't get to talk to y'all too much. Some of y'all might not come back for a few weeks, so I got I to gotta get you while you're here. Amen. You got James chapter two, verse number one. How I many know this Bible, we're talking about what the word says, right? We're preaching the word. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with what? Partiality. Look at that. For there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel. And there should also come in, your, come in a poor man in filthy clothes. And you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? The Bible calls it evil. You know why? You know, usually when God does this, can I share something with you? When God begins to give me messages like this, that means that he's going to bring in some folk that's going to challenge some of us. Some of you got some stuff in you don't even realize yet. It's going to come out. Are you nervous? Don't be. I mean, that's good. We want God to convict us. Look at verse 5. Listen, my beloved brother, has not God chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and the heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? How I many you love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into courts. Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as your what? And you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit what? Sin. Now, understand this. 
We need to be the same for the poor man as for the rich man. Because the other flip side of that, too, is that if somebody who comes, you know, Christians, we, we, we are our worst enemies sometimes. If somebody, if somebody drove up in here with a nice, nice old car and they're blessed and they're rich and God is really blessed, we'll look at them and say, man, why, why are you driving that? You shouldn't be driving. I mean, you, you should be giving that money to the poor. It goes two ways, doesn't it? I've learned that I just don't judge nobody. Unless you, look, I just deal with you. You know what? If God bless you, I'm going to be like, give me the keys, brother. Let me take a ride. <laughs> That's what I'm going to be like. Hey, as long as they're giving, sowing into the kingdom, God wants you to be blessed. God has no problem with that. So we don't want to judge them, and we don't want to judge the folks who come in who don't look like you. They may be dirty. They may not even smell exactly the way you want them to smell. <laughs> they stink. So, why don't you go buy them some soap? Get them a hotel room. Get them clean. I'm preaching real good, aren't I? Okay. Last verse and we're done. This is really the last verse. And I had like, this is, I got two minutes. I took my five, so I got two now, right? <laughs> Revelation. I want to leave you with this image. And then we're going to be done. Chapter number seven. Look at Revelation chapter seven. Verses 9 through 17. Now, I want to read this verse because I want you to think about this picture. I really do. God knows. I want you to see this picture and see this image because I long for this. We sing a song here, and I think we sung it last week. It's a song entitled Heaven on Earth. You know, the reason why I love that song so much because I, I believe that, you know, we're, we're going to go to heaven and God got all that. But I believe we can have a piece of that right here. I really believe that. And so every time that song sings, boy, I, I, my heart gets there because I see images. I see all of God's people. No matter where they are, where they're from, they're together. They're young, rich, poor, old, babies, and their dogs. Everybody, I'm just kidding, you know. All of us worshiping together. Giving honor to Jesus. And you know what? And the stuff that we fuss about don't amount to nothing. You know, when you look at him, you ain't going to be worried about, you know, whether or not they had to write this or they, they said hi to me or they didn't use the color that I wanted. You know, some people get mad about things like that in church. People do. People get mad. People will get mad and leave over little stuff. Like you can leave God. You can't. Because the same God that's here is going to be wherever else you go to. If you got a lesson learned, he's going to teach you there too. Trust me, I'm going to save you. I'm going to give you some advice. Just do what he tells you to do now. Somebody say amen. Now look at this. After these things I looked, and behold, verse number nine, a great multitude. Everybody say great multitude. multitude. Which no one could number, isn't this beautiful? Of all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying with a loud voice saying salvation belong to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb." and all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God saying here's what they said amen blessing glory and 
and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. And then all the elders answered, saying to me, who are those arrayed, arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, you know, these are the ones who come out of great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and they served him day and night. You know, when you really realize what God has done for you, when you come to that revelation, you serve him day and night. Amen. And they serve in his temple and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. Watch this. And they shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat for the lamb who is in the midst of the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Isn't that beautiful? I long for that. I mean, I, I, I mean, I get teary eyed thinking about it. I just I just. It's just something about people that's this image in my brain, the people that you can't even number, and Jesus just getting all the glory that he's due. How many of you want to see him in that glory? I mean, I just can't wait to see him. Hallelujah. Mm. I just, I mean, I'm not going to wait to then. I'm going to worship him now because I already see him in the spirit. I see him. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. I'm going to do something a little different this morning. I, I want nobody looking around, nobody moving. I said earlier that we want to be honest people. I'm going to give you a chance today to come up to the altar. The altar means place of change. It means a place of change. And when you come to the altar, what you're saying is that God, I have an issue and this particular moment, I'm changing. And maybe you're hearing this word this morning and the Holy Spirit convicted you that there is some prejudice in you. There, there is, you got a problem with diversity. I don't care if you're black, white, we got, a, we got all kinds in here. I, I, whatever it is, if that's you this morning, we're not here to bash you. But I want to ask you to stand right up in front of the altar this morning as a testimony and as your intention to fully repent, no matter who you are, let the Holy Spirit search your heart this morning. You say, Pastor, I, I love God, but you know, there's something here that's in me that's not right. I, I still struggle with this. I still struggle with this. I still struggle with people being different than me. No matter who you are, what you are, that's you this morning. Just come on up. And let's pray and let's believe God together. Amen. If there's one among us today who don't know Jesus as Savior, we never close a service without giving. We an opportunity to come to Christ today. Everything that we do is to see Christ be glorified. Lives be changed. So if you're sitting here today, and I'm not talking about 
went to a church and you grew up in the church and I'm a Catholic and I'm a Presbyterian. I'm not talking about it. This has nothing to do with denomination. This has to do with relationship. Is there one today that will say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as Savior, but I want this Savior that you're talking about. I want this God that can transcend culture and, and, and prejudice and all. I want that God. I don't. I didn't think it existed, Pastor, but but I want that God. If that's you today, if you know you're not right with God, I want you to slip your hand up and receive Him today and get saved. Get saved today. Get saved today. Get and know that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Father, Daddy, we love you so much. God, will you please help us to be receptive of all peoples. Lord, some, sometimes, Lord, we look down on other races of people. We look down on them, Lord. They're not like us. We look down, but Lord, you don't want us to see them like that because you created everybody on this planet. Father, forgive us for those times we've looked down on other groups and other peoples because they're not like us. Lord God, we repent of that attitude. Every added, everything about it. It's not like you. It's ugly. It's nasty. It's an offense to the gospel. And God, we want to be the standard bearers. That, Lord, we're going to reach every segment of people. We're going to reach anybody and everybody. We're going to bring them, Lord, because we believe that you're here and that you want to and you want to do a mighty work to us. Father, I thank you for this great people, this great church. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and continue, Lord, to transform us and make us more like your Son. In Jesus' name, we pray and give thanks. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Steve. on church please stand and give God praise for the word today church please stretch forth your hands toward heaven now to him who was able to keep us from falling dearly father we thank you so much for blessing us this day with the mighty word we ask you to please continue to bless each and every one of us throughout this week all the way until we return right here into your house of prayer we love you. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.